Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the series, Friendships. We'll consider the different kinds of relationships and anchor our hope in Jesus, the Chief Orchestrator. We hope that you enjoy this message. Genesis 2 verses 5, you good. Um, let's start it back at um, verses 4 and then work our way up. Okay, cool, awesome. You want to read this with me? Let's just read it, just a, a couple of portions of scripture. Uh, let's read it together, all right? One, two, three, and go. I hear this side. I don't hear this side. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three, and go. In the day that the Lord. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Before any plant. For the Lord. There was no man to till the ground, meaning there was work, but there was no personnel. That's what it means. There means that there was an ability for things to be cultivated, yet there was nobody to cultivate the land. That's what it means by there was nobody to till the land, meaning there was nobody to work what God had created. Moving on. Can we get this in the, uh, the NIV if we have it? Do we have the NIV? If not, NIV, NLT. And then we'll do it in uh, verses six. Awesome, thank you. One, two, three, and go. I prophesy that whatever is dead in your life, God's breath, his zoe, will breathe into your vision. That's what my my prayer is for you. That the breath of God will breathe into your vision. It will breathe into your situation right now. You know, one of the hardest things to do is to have faith when you've had faith without results. One of the hardest things. When you have faith and you've had faith, but you have no results. And after you have no results, It's like, why should I keep believing? Why should I keep doing it? Why should I keep coming to church when I have no results? Why do I keep coming to Campus Rush and nothing is happening? Why do I keep serving God and it's like, I can't hear him. He's not speaking. The word is not clear to me. One of the most difficult things is to have faith when you believe there's no reason for you to have faith at all. But I prophesy to you that even though your faith may be low, let the breath of God blow into your face right now. Let it blow into your house right now. Let it blow into your spirit right now that it will revive what was dead in you. I don't hear, I hear like two people in this place tonight. I came with a message. My lips are with coals of fire tonight. And I came with a message from the Holy Spirit to decree and declare to you that whatever it is that God has purposed on this land for you to do, you shall do. I know they told you you couldn't do it, but who cares? I know they told you that you would never amount to anything, but that's not what God has said. God said that you're his royal. God said that you're his royal diadem. God said that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God said that what he said, he will bring to pass. Do you believe that? Someone shout, I believe it. And say, I receive it. So the first thing that God did is number one, he said, work the ground. Second thing, what he does is this. That says, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. Verses eight says like this. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, uh, in Eden, and there he put man that he had formed. So get this, the first thing that God does is that he knows that there's work 
to be done. He says, I've created gardens. There is work to be done. Second thing he does, he creates man. Third thing he does is that he places man in the garden. So you have to understand that the first thing for you to discover is, number one, your purpose. What's your covenant? As we spoke last week, what has God created you to be? What has he created you to do? What is your purpose? That's number one. The second thing you have to understand that is after you know what he's called you to do, it's where he's called you to do it. Where is number two. After you know what, you have to know, or you're rather your why, which is your purpose, it's to know where you are to do it. So in this verse, we find that after Adam, we know we're talking about Adam and Eve in this scripture. As we talk about Adam, the Bible says that he created a garden. After he created a garden and there was land, he then placed Adam inside the garden and gave him this unique, unique ability to be able to work the land. I'm going to jump to verses 19, but before we do so, you understand that after he had placed him in the garden, in verses 8, it then says that he also placed him uh, after he created the garden and he placed him in the garden it says that then he took him to Eden so I asked God I said God what are you trying to tell me through this scripture and he said that Kofi this is what I want you to tell Campus Rush tonight is that yes I've created them for a purpose yes I may have placed them in a place but I don't want them to get you to the fact that if I've placed them in one place I can't move them to the next place I've come to prophesy to 20 people here that God is about to shift you to the next place I don't know where that next place is for you but I believe and I receive and I, I believe it in my spirit that if you've been at one level God wants to shift you to the next level if you've been at level one he wants to shift you to level 10 if God has placed you in one place it doesn't mean he doesn't have the ability to shift you to another place it says yes there was a garden but then he wanted to place him specifically in Eden afterwards if you jump to verses 19 let's jump to verses 19 quickly it says, now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all uh, the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man had called each living creature, that was his name. So the first thing that God does is a purpose. Somebody say purpose. That's your why. The second thing he does is puts them in the garden. That's your where. Someone shout where. The other thing afterwards is that he says, after I've placed you in the garden, I want you to name the thing. Somebody say, what? That's the assignment. So God firstly has to tell you your why, tell you your where, then tell you your what. Yes, God, this is the assignment that you've called me to do. He says, not only do I have a covenant with you, not only do I have a vision for you, which is to, to till the land, but I also have a specific assignment for you, which is to name the animals. I have something that I want you to do. Uh, if you go to verses uh, 18, back to verses 18, you'll see this in the scripture. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Someone read that with me. One, two, three, and go. This means that this, and I, I began to study this prophet. I said, God, what are you trying to show us through the scriptures tonight? He said, so my message is very clear. It's this, is that for God to know exactly what he was looking for in a helper for Adam, he first had to know who Adam was because he created Adam. Now, if you go through the scriptures, and I, want, I don't want to do too much Bible study tonight, but if you go through the scriptures, you get to verses 23, uh, you'll realize this. you realize that Adam uh, had 
Yeah, thank you. Let's go to verses. Uh, yeah, there it is. The Bible says this. Then this is the bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Uh, she shall be called woman for she was taken out of me. If you look at this scripture in this context, you realize that God had first brought many things for Adam to name and said he wanted to know, is this the suitable helpmate for Adam? He brought animals. He brought, you know, fishes and cows and all these things. But yet there was something in Adam that said, no, nah, there's no way that this could be my helpmate. There's no way that this can be something that I can find companion in. Then God sits back and God said, there's no way that this man will ever find somebody like him. So let me put him to rest and take a bit of him out and create something new that he will fall in love with a bit of himself. And so the moment that Adam sees it, Adam says, this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Literally, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. I ask God, I say, God, there's a lot of people who are in relationships. There's a lot of people that love relationships. And uh, myself included, I believe relationships are of God. I believe marriage is a covenant from heaven. Anybody believe that? I believe marriage is a covenant from heaven. I believe it's all right to be booed up in the proper time, in the proper context. I believe, I believe it from God to be true. I believe that God wants you to laugh. He wants you to cuddle up. God wants you to watch movies. He knows it's getting cold outside. God wants you to have a cuddle buddy. God wants, he wants all these things for you. God wants you to laugh with your partner. He wants you to go to movies. He wants you to watch all the greatest TV shows on Netflix. He wants you to properly Netflix and chill without being convicted. God wants these things for you. See, these are all plans that God has for you. He wants these things for you. But I asked God, I said, but if God, all these things are good and relationships are good, then why do breakups happen? I said, if, if, if relationships are great, if all these things are great, then why do people break up? And God, he began to speak to me while I was in my back room. He said, when it comes to relationships and the breaking up of relationships amongst many other things there's other factors external factors that we won't discuss tonight but one of the primary reasons why relationships break down is because individuals in the relationship don't have a clear picture of who they are you may know your where kevin you may know your your what you may know uh, uh, uh your your why but what about your who? What about, what about your who? And I'm not talking about who you're attracted to. I'm talking about who you are. Many of us fail to actually ask God who we are. You cannot attract what you do not initially desire for. If you want something, God will bring it, but he wants to know that you have the capability to receive it. He wants to know that you have the capacity to work it. And you'll only know that when you have a clear understanding of the capacities you have in your yourself. If you go to Jeremiah 1.5, I love the scripture. Let's turn to it real quick. If you go to Jeremiah 1.5, the Bible would say it like this, that before you were in, there it is, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Say so this. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as to be a prophet to the nations. This simply says that God knows exactly our downfalls, our weaknesses. He knows our strengths, 
our capabilities. He knows our capacity levels. God knows exactly uh, what ticks us off. He knows exactly what we like, what we enjoy because he created us. If you go to Psalms, you'll see it that the Bible says, for God, you know, Psalm says that you know my innermost beings for you formed me and you knit me together. God knows every fabric. He knows every piece of you. He knows every in, like everything about you. God knows it. So then I ask God, so if you know everything, God, how come I don't know aspects about myself? How come we don't know aspects about ourselves? God says this, it's not that I don't want to show you or tell you, but it's that you have a fear of facing the truth. I mean, if we could be real with ourselves for a minute, we would know that. There are areas in our lives that we don't want anybody to know. Truth or false? Let me see. Truth. Oh, come on. Truth or false? There are some, I mean, if we took your mind and put your mind on the screen right now for 10 minutes thinking I'm in church, I ain't going to think dirty. In church! You'll be like, oh my gosh, don't show my face, man. Because right now, what I'm thinking right now, good Lord. There are aspects about ourselves that we don't even try to understand. We don't even try to ask God, why does this happen the way it happens? Why is it like this? God, who have you created me to be? If you formed me, then that means you have something to tell me about myself. But many of us fail to ask God who we are in his eyes. So we engage in relationships without a clear understanding of not just why, but who. So we fail and a lot of things break down in relationships simply because we have not decided to be real and face ourselves and face our truths. Do you guys have my, my thing for me? Can you grab my table for me? We have not decided to face our truths. We have not decided to face ourselves. So we enter into relationships. We enter into friendships without a clear understanding of number one, our person. Now let me talk to you about your person. Your person is 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 a is a an intricate being. Your person uh, it comprises, of course, your mental uh, capabilities, your psychological capabilities. Your your person is is created. It has so much creative capacity on the inside of you. Your person has weaknesses, has strengths, has so many aspects of it that if you don't take the time to actually understand yourself. You will fail in your pursuit to locate exactly God's design and his purpose and his intent for you. If you believe that tonight your life is going to the next level, I just want you to give God a good praise right there. <laughs> Pastor Oba, can you come up here real quick, please? Can you bring your bride-to-be? Is she here? She's, oh, oh, clap for them, clap for them, clap for them. Bring one. Like the way the guy's taking his time, Jesus. Oh, please be seated, please be seated. What a gentleman. Wow, come on, clap for the man of God, Jesus. I beg, can you put some light on this side? Just put some, sprinkle some this thing. Some this thing on this side. Pastor Oba, I brought this analogy up because I want us to truly understand what it is to actually engage in relationships. Last week, we actually got to the point where we understood the covenant of knowing God. What covenant have you called me into? We understood last week that just because we have a covenant with God, there are some relationships we don't connect to, we cannot connect to. 
because of the covenant that God has with us. Now that you understand the covenant, the next thing to do is to understand your person. Who are you and who God has created you to be? Now, this is what we do many times, Pastor Oba, on dates. We go to dates and this is what a date is. A date is showing the best part of yourself. Oh, they don't want to be real tonight. They don't want to be real tonight. I thought we could be real tonight. When you go on a date, this is what happens. You say, hey, how you doing? She says, hi, I'm fine. He says, so what do you do for work? Well, I'm a policy analyst with the government. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you know, myself, I actually work as an engineer and I do this and I do that and I do that. And what do we do? We put everything that's good about ourselves on the table. Everything we want them to see on the table. So we, what do we say? My name is Dr. Kofi Darte. We start dropping titles. We start dropping names. Oh, you know that person. You know, last week I was actually with this person. I was actually with Joe Metal and I was doing this concert and I was doing, and I want you to know everything that's going well about me, but we neglect the weaknesses. We neglect the things that the other person is actually should know. So we show the best side of ourselves. You show you come with your fresh cut. You pull up in your Mercedes Benz. You walk out. You get inside her. She's asking you questions. She's sizing you up. She's checking you out. You're telling her all the good things. She's telling you all the good things. He's saying all the good things. And then all of a sudden, should God have it, what happens is you enter into covenant together. But the thing about it is that because you never discussed the person. Now begin to walk with her. Pick her. Let's go walk. He's like, Pastor, what should I do? You begin to walk with each other, but with baggage. Carry this baggage. So you're walking in life because you connected because of the things you can see. You liked her because the things that were pretty. But you'd never discuss the ugly of your person. So you have insecurities and you have weakness and you have all these things on the inside that you know is the ugly and the reason why you didn't tell her is because you can't believe it yourself. You don't even want to believe that you have an insecurity issue. You don't want to believe that your pornography is an addiction. No, it's just something I do. Oh, I'm coming for people tonight. You don't even want to believe that your addiction to weed is actually an addiction. No. You don't want to believe it. So because you don't want to believe it, why would you go and tell somebody you want to join into covenant with? So now things are going on in the mirrors and all of a sudden, wait, I didn't know you used to do that. Well, so no, baby, that's not that's nothing. That's nothing. No, it's something. But you've suppressed that weakness. So now you think it's nothing. But in the context of the covenant, what begins to happen is now the covenant now has weight together. But if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have a relationship that is focused on Christ, this is what happens. Baggage, baggage, and as life goes together, you guys stack baggage on together. And if the baggage is not dealt with, what happens is it goes under the rug. And as you begin to walk in this life without talking about the difficulties, the situations, and all the weaknesses, all of a sudden there's so much that's under the carpet that divorce is now something you have to think about. Why? Because it was situation upon situation that was not dealt with. It all started because you didn't know who you were. Today we're doing a self-reflection on who we are. 
Next week, we'll talk about other stuff in relationships. This week, it's about who you are. Someone shout again. Tap your neighbor and say, are you good? Just tap, are you good? Are you good? Now you're actually laxing yourself. Am I actually good? God. <laughs> After this sermon, Dad, I ain't good. I ain't good. Jesus, Dad, I ain't good. But Pastor Oba, why don't we face the people? But this is what happens when you are a godly man and you are a godly woman, which you are. This is what begins to happen. As you engage in covenant, you begin to say, listen, on the first date, the second date, the third date, hey, listen, I have all this going for me, but I want to play you. This is the ugly side of me. I'm not just going to show you the good, but I'll show you the bad and the ugly. These are the elements of me. And if you should, you decide to take it to God in prayer to see if this should be a covenant, I will gladly agree to it should God anoint it. But I don't want you to enter into something without a good understanding of who I am, which is somebody that has issues. In fact, I have a bag of issues. I have so many issues. And so I'm putting these issues on the table. If you want it, take it. If you don't want it, leave it. But at least leave me with my issues. Oh, but I wish I had three people that would just come up. I'm teaching good tonight, church. And so this is, this is what happened because a lot of people are saying, Pastor, maybe I'm already in a relationship right now and I didn't tell them about all these issues I had and how things are going wrong. Like, this is great for somebody who's single, but what about me? I'm in something. I have something for you. When revelation begins to hit your head, revelation brings illumination. Somebody says, say, Revelation brings illumination what does that mean that means that when the word of god enters into a place it brightens up the place so this is what happens so all of a sudden revelation hits the head of the household and then all of a sudden he sees and he knows there's a scripture that says something that says that if we cast our burdens onto jesus he will take them. Why? Because he cares. So what now you do is now you go on your knees right now and you say, God, we entered into this covenant with baggage, with problems, with situations. Firstly, we're going to be real with ourselves and we're going to exchange baggage and we're going to tell the other person the situations we have. And then after we do that, we are going to now take these baggages and we're going to submit them and say, God, we need your help. God, we need your grace. God, we need you to take these things. In fact, God, take my weaknesses as a sacrifice. Take the thorn in me as a sacrifice. God, I know I'm not perfect. I know I make mistakes. Man, y'all can't see them. God, I know I make mistakes. God, I know I trip up. God, I know I have difficulties. I never get it right. But you know what? In the context of either me being single or me being in within covenant with somebody, I am taking my weaknesses, my downfalls, the things that are wrong about me, and I submit them on your altar as a sacrifice. So all, oh my goodness. So anytime I walk, God, I will know that the weaknesses on the inside of me, you've now taken out. So then what happens is now you too, as you begin to walk in life, and as you begin to lay aside all the issues and there will be more don't think this is all there will be more what begins to happen is every time issues weaknesses things come you know how to deal with it it's by laying it aside and asking God's grace because the Bible says this Paul said I have so many issues a messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me but God would say this I won't help you out of it but what my grace shall be sufficient for you 
So what begins to happen is as you begin to walk in life and you continue to lay aside all of the baggage that you are now in, in covenant, what happens is now you become a living sacrifice. You become a sacrifice that has now been killed and has now been burned because you continually place your weaknesses, your downfalls, and the aspects of your who on the altar. Are you getting it tonight? Am I communicating tonight? Please clap for them as they go. I want you to understand this truth. I want, you to, I want you to get this, and if you can, write this down, take notes, and write this thing down. This is the only note, the only point I'm going to give you for tonight, then we're going to pray, is this. A healthy relationship, or rather a healthy desire for relationships. So a healthy desire for relationships should be a side effect of a clear understanding of number one, your covenant. Number one is covenant. Number two is assignment. Number three, your purpose. And number four is your person. You can write in an acronym and put CAP. C-A-P-P. A clear, healthy desire. So what does that mean? Let's do the opposite. So it means that an un unhealthy desire is when you don't have a clear understanding of the four things that we just discussed. But when you have this understanding, then it becomes healthy for you to desire these things. Because relationships is something that you should desire. You should want to desire them. But what is the context by which many people say, when do I know that I'm ready? What is the time? What is my timeline like? Okay, well, I'll say this. I don't know all the answers. But what has worked for me is the understanding of my covenant with God. An understanding of my assignment. An understanding of my purpose. And an understanding of my person. When you know your weaknesses, your downfalls, then you know exactly what you cannot be joined to in holy matrimony. Because you don't need another person to be your yes woman or yes man. To tell you that, hey, I love your weakness. Your weakness is actually the reason why I love you. Like, <laughs> I love everything negative about you. It's good to love all of you. But if the only thing that attracts them to you is the fact that you're living in sin, uh, chances are that relationship won't stand long. But when you have a clear understanding, a healthy, healthy desire... Healthy desire for relationship comes from an understanding of your covenant. Number two, an understanding of your assignment. Number three, an understanding of your purpose. Number four, an understanding of your person. Who are you? Who are you? We find it difficult to face ourselves. Man, you can help me. We find it difficult to face ourselves. It's almost something that we don't want to get to. We don't want to face the issues, the struggles, the problems we have. We don't want to face these things, so we suppress these things. And then when we get into places whereby it calls for us to have a clear understanding, we cannot even communicate who we are. All we communicate is what we do. Say that again. We don't communicate who we are. We communicate what we do. First thing is, what do you do? Nobody will ever ask you, who are you? And not simply, who are you on the surface level, but who are you internally? Uh, well, I'm Kofi Darte, I'm 
Ryan of hey, I'm No, who are you in that? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are the downfalls? What ticks you off? What is the thing that gets you going? What is your passion in life? What, there are deeper things that you need to ask before entering into covenant. There are deeper things you have to consider. Next week, we'll get into a great dialogue. And we'll get now into criteria. And we'll look at what is the criteria for future. Some of you are looking at this in the future. Some of you guys are looking at this right now. Some of you guys have already looked at this. We'll, we'll tackle all of that. And we'll look at what our criteria looks like. Let's be on our feet tonight. There is some internal healing God wants to do tonight. I really feel that in this atmosphere tonight, what God wants to do is heal aspects of your person that have been so damaged. Now, I know that not all damage is self-inflicted. Some damage you were born into. You may have been born into a home that was just the way it's always been. So it caused you to be a specific way and you develop these habits simply because of that's what you were born into. But it doesn't mean that because you were born into something that God can't come and heal you in that state. God has sent me tonight as a man of God. He sent me as your pastor to simply tell you this that there are some issues deep down in your heart some issues deep down in your person that God has to begin to heal some areas in your life that he has to begin to heal and speak over so that you'll be healthy I don't know where you are I don't know what part of this message ministered to you but my assignment was super clear and it was to stir an atmosphere that is conducive for the healing that I want to do internally in the hearts of my people tonight if you feel comfortable I just ask you to kindly raise your hands tonight to heaven we believe simply that when we do pray to God in heaven he really does hear us we believe it going to do things different tonight. I'm just going to open up this altar. I'm not going to lay hands. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to open up this altar. You know areas in your life that not even you can accept. You know weaknesses in your heart. Not even, not even your best friend knows you struggle. Tonight, we are going to lay aside all of our burdens. We're going to cast them on Jesus tonight. Areas in our hearts, we're going to cast them so that God can heal us. So that we'll be healthy for what he has for us in the future. I'll give you a minute. I want you to pray out right now. You know what you're going through. You know the areas in your heart that you need God to heal. 
this atmosphere, I want you to begin to pray out to God right now. These altars are open. You can come to these altars. You can kneel down at the altar if you please. And whatever you want to do, whatever you feel like doing, this place is open. The church is a hospital. It literally isn't a hospital for us to heal here. It's for us to get better here. <sighs> come on, begin to pray. Just lift up your voice. Begin to talk to God wherever you are. Wherever you are, just begin to talk to him. Just begin to talk to him. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.